watching live from the ESPN 690 and a Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Imagine this, a world where one of the top baseball players get paid less than one of the top football players. Hell, Aaron Judge is getting offered what receivers are getting paid. Man, I tell you what, how the tide turned. It used to be that baseball was the sport that you went to to get the bag. Now you can't even get the bag in baseball. He's been grossly underpaid for the betterment of the last four seasons. Due to right? the system. Just due right. to the system. Due, due, to, the due, system. due, to, the system. due, yeah. due to the system. And yeah. when it comes time to make it right, you want to insult him with something like that? Don't give me that he's 30 years old. I understand you guys were snake bitten and felt like you were held hostage by A-Rod in his contract and you couldn't get rid of it. Of course, he was going to opt in. But this is Aaron Judge. This is your Jeter that can be your captain for the next eight years. Yeah, I might talk a little bit about that contract offered Aaron Judge coming up. That's Bart Scott. Uh, by the way, the Yankees have tied up the Red Sox in the eighth inning, so they go to the ninth tied at four in the opener. Uh, go Sox. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz on a Friday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Tiger Woods birdie the eighth, so he's two over now, five off the lead, still trying to make the cut and hang in on the lead. Three under is the lead at Augusta. Meanwhile, we talk JU and UNF baseball here on this weekend. River City Rumble time tonight at University of North Florida, 6 o'clock first pitch between the Ospreys and Dolphins, 2 o'clock tomorrow, Sunday, 1 o'clock. And right now we're joined by the head baseball coach of the UNF Ospreys. It's Tim Parenton. Coach, which way is the wind blowing? Is it going to be a pitcher's day or hitter's day? Because I'll tell you what, the wind's really picked up this week and this afternoon. It's really blowing out and dead out. So it's uh, we'll see what happens. You know, usually when it blows out, a pitcher's for a one-hitter or a no-hitter. <laughs> and guys trying to hit it out. You know, you've been around baseball long enough. Yeah, you're saying I had a chance. I could have a chance. Maybe I could hit one out in BP or something today <laughs> with the way this that's wind's blowing. That's what I'm blowing. watching right now. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm watching right now. Hey, uh, by the way, BP, the wind blowing out, your hitter's feeling pretty good. That was a nice win over USF, a team that you've really done well against in a midweek game. Uh, you scored 13 times, so you got to feel pretty good with the bats. Yeah, our guys have been swinging it pretty good lately. We just got to keep it going and uh, – you know, we have played good against them. We've played good in our midweek games, our weekend games. You know, we've been close in most of them, but we just got to get over the hump and got to get both pitching and hitting sooner or later. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the challenge, right? I mean, as so many teams can hit, uh, it's it's really about how deep that staff can take you uh, in a weekend, and especially by the time you get to later on Saturday and into Sunday. Is that kind of the, maybe I don't know about question mark, but that's the thing that has to maybe pick up a little bit for you guys? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. we got to pick up and throw the ball over the plate a little more. We're giving too many free passes. Uh, and then, again, offensively, we're not stellar all the way through. We get we get guys who can pitch a little bit, and we start trying to do too much. Uh, but, you know, we're in a tough league, tough conference. Our, our side is really, really good. Uh, and we play hard and we battle, and we're going to be there at the end most of the time. Tim Parenton with us, UNF uh, Ospreys baseball coach. Uh, how big of a series is this for a lot of your guys, uh, a lot of local guys that know the significance, that played against each other? And at this day and age, everybody's played against each other anyway, probably with the travel ball world. But uh, does this mean a little bit more for uh, the players on, on your roster? You know, I really don't know that. I think it's just a, a weekend. Everyone wants to make it a bigger deal, you know, Jacksonville has been the Division One school in this city for a long, long time. North Florida has been a Division Two school and NAIA school, and hopefully we can turn the tables on them. Uh, and and our guys will go battling. The one thing I do like is we both have a lot of local guys, so 
you know, people can come out and watch and see really good Division One baseball here. We're down in the dugout with Tim Parenton, UNF Osprey's uh, baseball coach. One more question uh, for you. You know them. They know you. Does styles matter in baseball when it comes to that? When you think style in sports, you, you think football maybe, if you're going to run the ball or pass the ball, maybe basketball if you're going to press uh, or if you play zone or man-to-man. Does that uh, come into play at all, knowing w- what they're all about and they know what you're all about? It definitely comes into play. The bottom line is the guy on the mound comes into play more than anything else. We put a bunt defense on and they bunt the ball perfect, they're going to be safe. You know, in baseball, it's a little different. That guy on the mound can control everything. And you just got to play clean games. And, and if you don't make the errors and you, you throw the ball over the plate, you got a chance to win every game in baseball. And that, that's the bottom line what we got to start doing is do both, do all three of them, and, and we'll be okay. Well, good luck this weekend against Jacksonville University. Tonight, 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Sunday. River City Rumble, UNF and JU. Tim Parenton, thanks for taking a couple minutes. Thanks a lot. I keep following you so I can find out what's going on in high school games. (laughs) (laughs) You bet, man. You keep doing that. All right. Recruit local. There's a lot of good talent. (laughs) Yep, we are. We're trying. (laughs) That's it. Have a good one, man. Good luck. All right. Uh, That's Tim Parenton, uh, who, by the way, I will say, he just said something that I think is significant around here, Austin. And we talk about this again uh, from a football standpoint. I think we talk about it in the SEC. Uh, We cover a lot of high school football. From a basketball standpoint, you don't see it too often, although we've had the local player on each team, JU, UNF, uh, UNF. Think about a Bow Beach comes to mind, right, on those magnificent teams uh, for the Ospreys. And in baseball, I'm telling you, it is loaded with talent. I do see it all the time. I see it every night. I'm going to see it again tonight. I saw it last night. And UNF actually, and JU, JU has been very good at this, and UNF is really good at it right now too. Uh, there's a lot of local talent. St. John's Country Day is a, is probably the program right now in uh, this area, and uh, Finn Howell's a guy that's going to UNF, and he pitched a gem yesterday in this like high-profile national tournament in high school. 16 of the top programs in the country playing in North Carolina, and so that will give you an idea what kind of talent is going over to UNF, going over to JU. You can basically go to a high school field in town, and you're probably going to see a player that uh, is either going there next year, the next two years, next three years, or they're already recruiting. So I think it's a, it's pretty cool to see that part of it. And, and Casey, you grew up in that world, too. You know, you know what it is. I mean, the state of Florida in high school baseball is so good. Uh, but I love seeing the local teams. Uh, gobble some of that talent up, and of course, I live in the softball world now too. So I like if they gobble up some of the softball talent. Not just—I'm not just talking about my kids. I'm talking about kids in the area uh, that that we see every night. That we just know the talent exists, and they're good enough to play there. And I think Chris Hayes over at JU and Tim Parenton over at UNF have recognized that. Yeah, it's important. Um, it's a good baseball area. It feels like all of Florida is a baseball good, a good baseball that's area. But and that's right. By the and way. <laughs> and it's, it's cool to say because I can say the same thing. We played with guys that I now currently see in minor league systems and, you know, a guy that I played with a little bit and against, Bo Bichette, so I'm sure you've probably heard of him. And then to that point, like all the way up here, totally different area of Florida, four hours away, totally different teams, and the talent is just as good. So I think Florida is just a, a really great spot for – young youth baseball and then the recruiting local part is obviously a huge uh, part of that we don't have that where i'm at can't really recruit local here you have two d1 programs can't be better yeah and i, I think uh what's interesting i can tell you this last two nights we were at uh, ty and creekside they were playing at clay 
And then last night they played Trinity Christian. Well, UNF uh, actually was out there at Clay because Brandon Adams is the pitcher out there. He's a very good pitcher, and he's uh, signed there. And then last night, Derek Foraker, the uh, catcher for Trinity, good player, he's going to UNF. And, I mean, the list goes on and on for both programs. Those are just two recent examples of, like, I've seen two baseball games in the last two nights, and <laughs> you can pick out players going to uh, those schools. So, anyway, if you like baseball, uh, go check out the River City Rumble. Cooler temperatures, so make sure you bring a sweatshirt, and the wind will be howling a bit. Uh, but it looks like it's blowing out on the campus of UNF. Ospreys, Dolphins, 6 o'clock tonight, 2 o'clock tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Sunday. And uh, just a reminder as well, the same thing happening on the softball field. That series is happening on the campus of Jacksonville University. So uh, some good softball and baseball in the area this week between the rival schools. All right, Austin Lane, are you back? I'm back, man. Let's get it. Let's shock your mock, baby, on a Friday. You bringing it? Oh, you know I'm bringing it. Come on now. It's Friday. We don't got any feet in the parking lot. We're ready to roll. Casey, hit that track. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop. Ever. I am shocked and appalled. I am shocked and chagrined. Mortified and stupefied. So you tried to play GM and you started a mock. So I go to my boy Money Martin. I'll be popping in the truck. We sell the mud. Gonna suck your mock. 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 All right. So, yesterday wasn't a good look. Wasn't a look for Shocker Mock. Wasn't a good look for Scouts. Wasn't a good look for anybody. Wasn't a good look for knowing your name. Wasn't a look for knowing the name. It was just, it wasn't a good look overall. And seeing how, you know, I'm bringing up the ultimate energy because we got Shocker Mock and hopefully we go back to back slam poetry. Yeah, I have to get my mind right. I have to get my energy right. And we're ready to roll. Today's Shock Your Mock is featured, and this guy reached out to me personally and said this is his third Shock Your Mock um, year in a row. So he, he freak. So he went for the fabled turkey, right? I'm not sure if anybody else can say that they have the fabled turkey right now on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And this mock is coming from Josh the Fat Man, all right? I'm not sure if it's a play on words. I'm not sure if he's really fat. Doesn't really matter. Space the, eater. Space eater. He could be a space eater. Um, you know, as some scouts would say, maybe he's got the bubble. I have no idea, <laughs> right? All I know from Josh the Batman, he's a loyal listener, number one. But number two, if you're watching the stream, he's got a very interesting profile picture. I'm not sure what that character is. Looks like a cross between Gizmo from Gremlins um, and then, like, uh, Lilo and Stitch. And when I say Lilo and Stitch, I mean, I think Stitch, because he was the alien guy, Stitch right? Stitch was guy. the alien, yes. I, I saw it once, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's also a good representation of that mean bear in Toy Story 3 if it was this color. Yes, or the mean bear from Toy Story 3. I'm sure we can all relate to that one as well. Exactly. I actually, actually I, I get that better than Lilo and Stitch. So, okay, let's get into it. Shock your mock on a Friday. Let's go. Pick number one, we got Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, right? Uh, I'll say it again until the cows come home. Very interesting picture that he chose to use for PFF, right? He's got the one eye black streak coming down his eye. Don't know if I'm scared. Don't know if we should make fun of him. But if he's a Jacksonville Jaguar with the first overall pick, we're going to embrace it, Brent, okay? And we're going to embrace it together. You know how I feel about it. I think it's a safe pick. You do what you got to do. Josh the Fat Man, I'm not mad at pick number one. Now we get a little trade happy, okay? We're starting to trade now with the second pick.
So Josh chose to trade pick 33 and pick 198 for pick 25. Oh, I like it. Do I dare say I'm not mad at this? I love it. Do I dare say that I'm not mad at this? Right? Because what do we always talk about? If you have to get your guy to trade up, then go ahead and get your guy to trade up. Trent Bulky, I hope you're listening. So with pick number 25, we're going Traylon Burks, a guy we haven't talked about a lot um, in terms of Shocker Mock, but I like this dude a lot. 6'2", 225, ran a 4 40-yard uh, dash at the combine. Now keep in mind, that number, the 4 scouts expected him to run the 4-4 range. So there was a little disappointment there in terms of speed. All I know is that Devontae Adams probably runs a 4-5. DeAndre Hopkins probably runs a 4-5. We can get away, Brent. With a 4-5. I don't need Traylon Burks to uh, run a 4-4. I'm a believer. Um, Lance Zerline had an interesting player comparison uh, for Traylon Burks. He said he's A.J. Brown with a little more wiggle. Ooh. So I'm not sure if he's a better dancer than A.J. Brown. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's got more fluid hips than A.J. Brown. But we talk about A.J. Brown being, I think he's one of the premier receivers in the league. And now you give him a wiggle? How can you not like that? Um, I do. Uh, 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 that means physical, right? Physical and wiggle and shiftiness. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he, he did come in at 6'2 at the combine. I think there might have been someone trying out to get him. I'm not sure if there was, like, an SEC guy. I, I don't know what was going on, but he looks like he's six foot seven. okay? He looks like Shaquille O'Neal in shoulder pads. Like, this guy <laughs> looks ginormous. He looks a lot bigger than 6'2 to me. I'd put him at 6'4, but he weighed in 6'2. It is what it is. Um... When he played Alabama, you know, Alabama, pretty good team, a well-respected team. He had eight catches, 179 yards, and two tids, right? And then I say tids. Now, if you're listening, tids means touchdown. So first time listening to Shock Your Mock, tids means touchdown. Not the other thing that you probably thought you heard. Not talking about Dolly Parton. Talk about touchdowns. And he had two of them against Alabama. So Traylon wow. Burks is a guy can that I like. Can I say that? <laughs> what can I say that? I guess you can. Just said it. Um, so, Traylon Bricks, pick number 25, I like a lot. Let's keep on going. Now, pick number 65 got traded away along with pick 222, and we moved up to pick number 60. It's a lot to follow along, especially if you're listening. I know what it is, but you know what? This isn't a bad trade either. Why? Because you're trying to get your guys. Now, here... Maybe we'd want to see a linebacker, right? Maybe want to see an offensive lineman in some sort. He went with Trey McBride, all right? Trey McBride, tight end out of Colorado State at pick number 60 via the trade. If you read the comparison to Trey McBride, it reminds you a lot of what TJ Hawkinson was coming out of college, right? This is a dual tight end. And by dual tight end, I mean he loves to run block just as much as he loves catching touchdowns. So you, you like a guy who can kind of do both, and Trey McBride is definitely that guy. You guys ready for these numbers? Casey, yeah. ready for these numbers? Brent, ready for these numbers? Get a button ready. His last year, 90 catches, over 1,000 yards receiving, and take a guess how many touchdowns this guy had. 14. Casey? 11. One. He had one touchdown. <laughs> so now all of a sudden, now I'm a little worried, right? I, I, I kind of got terrible. you guys. Yeah. I kind of had you guys, you know, you know, feeling excited. And yeah, you should be. Geeked up. 90 catches, 1,000 yards, <clears throat> one touchdown. So I'm not sure if there's like a situation where maybe the quarterback didn't know he was actually left-handed, not right-handed, and they couldn't give Trey McBride the ball for touchdowns. I don't know what happened there. I like the catches. I like the 1,000 yards. But the one touchdown? Really scares me. And it really scares me for a guy you're taking in the second round. 
I'm not sure what happened in Colorado State. I didn't watch a lot of Colorado State film. And as far as the, the combine's concerned, he didn't take part in any of the drills at the combine. So if anybody in Colorado or Colorado State was watching PBS and saw Trey McBride's Pro Day, please fill in. feel free to call us. Let us know how he did because obviously ESPN isn't showing a Colorado State Pro Day. So I'm not sure what the numbers look like. I know he's intriguing. He's got those TJ Hawkinson comparisons. But the lack of productivity in terms of the touchdown department, Woo, it scares me. Yeah, that's scary. All right. Let's go on to pick number 70 now. Now we're back I will on track. say this. Well, I'll jump in and say at least he's going after weapons for Trevor. Oh, yeah. This but, is definitely the, the, the make Trevor Lawrence happy draft right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and Traylon Burks, one other note on him. He was picking up a ton of steam during the season, but it feels like after the season, so many others now are passing him by. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys that you can't forget about it because we always get so infatuated with speed, and I understand that. It's a fast game, and, and Burks probably doesn't have, you know, the breakaway speed. Yeah. But he's a big-bodied receiver, man, and uh, you, you have to take him seriously as well. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, we do have a comment during Shock Your Mock. I'm a CSU grad. Guy had 1,000 yards while lining up as an inline blocker on, like, 80% of the snaps. But we're the touchdown CSU grad. We, we got scoring points or not? Come on, Rams. We got scoring points or not? All right, let's go to pick number 70 now. Channing Tindall, all right, out of Georgia. You like those Georgia Bulldogs in this mock draft that everyone like seems to app. be liking? Sounds like a what? An app. Sounds like Channing Tindall? I'm, I'm not, not, yeah, Tinder, Tindall. I'll, I'll give it to you. So pick number 70, um, Channing Tinder, uh, Tindall, I'm sorry. Uh, linebacker. See, now you're messing me up, man. Uh, good player. Now get this. Not a pure one-gapper, but not a pure two-gapper either. Casey, hit the button. What are these scouts talking about? How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. I'm so sick and tired of the olds running the NFL in terms of how they feel about breaking down, you know, players in terms of the scouting department. What is that supposed to mean? He's a pure one-gapper, but I'm sorry, he's not a pure one-gapper, but he's not a pure two-gapper. Is there a three-gap that I'm not seeing? Is there a four-gapper that I'm not talking about? Either you're a one-gapper or you're a two-gapper. Pick one. Pick a lane, Scouts. I can't work with this with Channing Tindall, okay? You can't say he's not good at one-gapping. He's not really good at two-gapping, so he's not good then, okay? <laughs> I, I guess he's just not good, <laughs> all right? Good. What, what are we yeah, talking dude. about here? He's a Georgia Bulldog. He's good. Yeah, but long story short with this guy, so there is a lot of intrigue with him. Teams are skeptical, though, because he did play with such a great defense, and they're wondering at the next level when he doesn't have the Jordan Davis, when he doesn't have the Nicope Deans, when he doesn't have the uh, Devontae Wyatts, uh, when he doesn't have the Michael Carters. I think Michael Carter, right? The Michael Carter? No. What's, what's uh, Jalen Carter? This is, that's off the top of the dome, Brent. I'm trying to remember Georgia Bulldogs. Jalen Carter. Michael Carter was a UNC guy. Think, think. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. One could question how well is he going to do at the next level without those guys around him. I still think it's an okay pick. He can definitely come in right away and compete for a starting spot. So I'm not as mad at this pick as I am with the scouts who want to talk all the smack about him and say, well, he's not really a one-gap or a two-gap. Well, then what is he, sir? Come on, let's uh, let's keep it real here. Uh, pick number 106, we're going to Tennessee, Rocky Top. Worst song in all of uh, college football, but it is what it is. Matthew Butler. Now, Matthew Butler comes in at 6'4", 297 pounds playing defensive tackle slash defensive line. Um, would, probably be, would probably be suited for a, a two-gapping... I'm sorry. Would probably be suited for a one-gapping scheme because he is a little undersized, right? Like, think of Clayus Campbell, but obviously more on the skinnier side. 
Um, he plays bigger than what he really is, which helps out a lot. But I just think if this defense can be playing a 3-4 scheme, I'm not sure if Matt, Matthew, Matthew Butler excuse me, is going to be the guy that's going to fill that role. He is a decent pass rusher. You can have him in on sub packages. He ran a five-flat you know, defensive tackle. It is what it is. Uh, but the cool thing about him, and when I say he ran a five-flat, he literally ran a 5.00 in the combine. Might be the first time ever. 5.00. I, I don't know why that's such a big deal to me, but I just like that <laughs> odd number. You know, Stop the cap. Exactly. I, I, I like that just that, that odd number with that five and then just two zeros after. I don't know. It's just it's aesthetically pleasing to me. Very feng shui. So he, he'd be a very feng shui player for this defense. But like I echoed, he's a little undersized. How will he look in a 3-4 defense? I'm not sure if he's going to be there. All right, let's go to Miami. I don't mean the Miami Hurricanes. I mean the Miami Hawks. Cardinal? What, what is Miami again in Ohio? The Red Hawks. Red Hawks. The Red Hawks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, you know, it's the Red Hawks. All right, so we got Sterling Weatherford, safety, uh, out of Miami of Ohio. Um, prototypical special teams kind of guy, high effort kind of guy. Couldn't really find a lot about this dude. Um, a little on the undersized um, part, but could be on sub packages. So could play safety, could play nickel corner. This is more of the depth pick right now. Won't come in for a starting spot right away, but it's a guy that you want on your team because he's a good character dude and eventually could work his way into like a nickel or a safety spot, but nothing a guy that's going to knock your socks off day one. All right. Pick number one. I, I want my socks knocked off and uh, shock your mind. Oh, you want your socks knocked off? Well, let's talk about endorsements at pick 180. Center, Luke Wattenberg. If you don't get Luke Wattenberg a Whataburger endorsement, then something's up. Hey, Luke, fire agent right now. Go and hire me. I'll get you that by tomorrow. So Luke Wattenberg, dude, can, uh, dude uh, is a... Uh, He's a center, but can also play guard. Has a lot of starting experience. Played four years at Washington. Um, probably more of a center than he's going to be a guard, which, hey, the Jaguars kind of need. So he's a guy that can actually come in and maybe compete for a starting spot. Um, his biggest, like, pro of, like, what scouts are saying, and once again, this is the olds talking, so Casey, go and get that button ready. His biggest, like, takeaway from watching film is that he has a functional gallop. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. Are we watching football? Are we watching the Churchill Downs? What do you mean he's got a functional gallop? What does that mean? He's a center. He's got to go three or four yards at the most. He never has to gallop. Why is he galloping? And what, what made you think it was functional? Do, do you mean it's normal? Do you mean the guy can run and he's not hampered? He doesn't have a limp? Hey, Olds, you got to get out of the league in the scouting department. I can't handle many more of these shock. Like, it's slowly starting to turn into shock your mock from shock your mock to me going on a personal vendetta against every NFL scout out there. And I don't like the road that I'm traveling down, but so be it. I will travel down it by myself if I have to. Call me Mad Max. Let's move on. Uh, pick 188. We're going Hassan ha uh, Haskins out of Michigan. You know, th this is a pick at 188 I'm not mad about, right? Um, he's kind of on the outside looking in. People are saying in terms of him making a roster, um, it could be up in the air. But this team maybe does need a third down back. Maybe th they do need a, a third or fourth string running back. He can fill that role. The, the, the second string running back off the get-go is a little sketchy in my opinion. You know, people are questioning his vision a little bit, his ability to hit the hole. But long story short, 
there is some intrigue. There is some speed. There is some agility. He's a guy that you bring in, see what he can do, and hopefully get the best out of him. Rounding out this list, we got pick 197, Josh Rivas coming out of Kansas State, guard. And then uh, finishing up the list, we got round seven, uh, pick 235, Trey Sterling, safety out of Oklahoma State. Depth guys right here. Trey Sterling will be more likely a special teams guy trying to make the roster uh, with Josh Rivas as well. Well, what's our overall takeaway? I feel like this has a lot of defensive players. I, are they going this heavy on the defensive side? I mean, I guess they can mix it up this year. A yeah. lot of times teams will do this. They'll alternate how they do it. They'll go heavy in free agency on one side of the ball, and then they'll go heavy in the draft on the other side of the ball. And that's, that's kind of a little bit of a tale as old as time in uh, NFL personnel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Jags want a little of both. And free agency, so does that open them up to do a little bit of both, maybe like this draft, uh, this shock your mock right here? No, so like, as far as this draft is concerned here from Josh the Fat Man, um, the, he did address a lot of needs. Now, when he addressed the needs, like, like a, a guy like Matthew Butler, you know, I think interior defensive line is still a need that you got to take seriously, and I'm not sure if Matthew Butler is going to fit in the system that Caldwell is going to run, right? So you address the need, but did you get the right guy to address said need? You know, Trey McBride is definitely an intriguing prospect. Um, a small school guy could turn into something special at pick uh, 60, but there you could have maybe taken a, a different linebacker, right? Maybe a more valued linebacker. So, overall, like it's not the worst mock draft that I've seen, but in terms of you know the bang for your buck, I like the trades. Um, I, I like the picks right up front. But then as we went down the list a little bit, we started to fall through. We started to fall off. So I'm not saying it's a great mock draft. I'm not saying it's a bad mock draft. I'm just saying it's kind of like Justin Bieber's latest album. There's some hits. There's some. I don't know about that one. But overall, I think mutual. Like I think exclusively, people are gonna like it. Okay, well, uh, so really, this shock your mock, uh, Josh the Fat Man, saved a little bit by your annoyance with the scouts. Yeah, I mean, listen, Josh, I have have no personal vendetta against you. This is more of a war right now with the scouts, and as we break more and more players down, the more and more I start getting upset, Um, to the point where it's the day before the draft, we do the last shock your mock. I may come untethered. I may come unraveled. There is no telling what I'm capable of. I might go to Indianapolis next year myself and start just, I don't know, slapping books out of of scouts' hands if I have to. There's no telling what I'm capable of, Brent. Uh, We should do a whole segment where we have to use all this terminology or just come up with our own. I like that. Yeah, we might have to do that. We'll plan on it. We're producing on the run here, on the fly. we got to run right now. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, Get your box drafts in. We do them daily all the way up until April 28th when the Jacksonville Jaguars select number one overall in the 2022 NFL draft. Hey, Brent, how do you feel about a little slam poetry when we come back? I like the idea of slam poetry. I also like the idea that Tiger just stuffed it. At the 10th hole, I also like the idea that John Carlos Stanton just struck out with the winning run on second in the bottom of the ninth. Lots of like right now. There's a lot to like here on a Friday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6-9. That's why I'm wearing my Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com, by the way. Brent is the promo code. 50% off two or more pair of Shady Rays. Simple as that. Go into the weekend in style. ShadyRays.com. We'll be right back on ESPN 6-9. Yeah, man, it, it, uh, there's, there's a few options there. I think that, uh, you know, obviously I've got a zombie to worry about, but you know, 25 win streak, you know, uh, I've been in, I've fought at middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, you know what I mean, uh, you know, featherweight. I'm undefeated in uh, all of their weights.
including middleweight. You know, my only loss was that welterweight. Um, you know, and the, the guys I've taken out, you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's really saying something. But, I mean, I'm going to go out there, do zombie. I'm going to look at the division. You know, I don't want to be calling, uh, you know, double champ status straight away. But, I mean, I don't think it's long before you guys are going to be wanting that. UFC 273 coming up on Saturday. Alexander Volkanovsky, the headliner in Jacksonville. And uh, the UFC and Dana White back in Jacks again for the third time in a few years. And we're happy to, for the same amount of time, have Dana White, president of the UFC, join us here on Action Sports Jacks. Brent Martineau, along with, of course, MMA fighter and my co-host Austin Lane and Casey Kurtz as well. Dana, welcome back to Jacksonville, man. And uh, thanks for taking a few minutes. How much momentum have you guys built in the River City coming off the pandemic in the last couple of fights and the cards that you've had? Thanks for having me, boys, and uh, it's good to be back. Now, I, I said it a million times, and I'll say it again. This this city was was great to us through COVID, and uh, I, I I said I would, and I am, and I will reciprocate. So here we are again. Yeah, and Danny, we talk about it. I mean, quite the card. You know, UFC 273 taking place at Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena, headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean Zombie. You heard Alexander coming into the show right now. Um, you know, th this is a guy who has kind of beat the who's who, beat Max Holloway twice, was supposed to fight him the third time. Holloway backed out, now fighting Korean Zombie. If he does, you know, pass this test, which is a hard test in the Korean Zombie, I mean, would you want to see Volkanovsky go up or down, or do you want to see him stay where he's at and keep defending the belt? I don't know, man. I mean, that's up to him. It's, it, it, you know, he's on a 20-fight win streak. Um, you know, and like you said, he, he's beat the who's who in this division, and he's, he's starting to become a star, man. It's, it's up to him, whatever he wants to do. Dana, thanks for joining us. Casey Kurtz here to ask you this one. Um, you've got two title fights in this one. It's going to be a great card in Jacksonville. In those two title fights, you have competitors from four different continents. How much pride do you have in not only making the UFC a huge thing here in the States, but also internationally as well. Yeah, no, there's people from all over the world on this card. It's a very, very uh, international card, and I love it. I mean, I, I said 20 years ago that, you know, I was setting out to make this the biggest sport in the world and that we would, you know, we would literally put on fights everywhere. And we've been doing it, and we continue to grow and continue to get... You know, you know what's crazy is when when I was growing up, put your parents would put you in karate or taekwondo or something like that. This is the new martial art that people are training in all over the world. And now that there's you know this this thing's on such a high level, you have people from all over the world now training in mixed martial arts. So. Joined by oh. UFC, oh, sorry, Dana. Joined by UFC President Dana White here. Dana, you know everyone's talking about the the main event, the co-main event, but to me, the real big uh, fight on this card is Gilbert Burns taking on Hamzat Chimaev. And you talk about a guy in Chimaev, and I, I, maybe you don't like the term, but you know, in terms of hype train, I mean, we've seen hype trains before. I mean, we saw Connor when he was first starting out. You know, Darren Till when he was first starting out. We, we've seen Patty the Batty now, kind of be the latest hype train. But nobody, in my opinion, has been the bigger hype train than Chemaya because just the way that he's looked so dominant against pretty tough competition, taking on a guy in Gilbert Burns now. Are we overlooking Gilbert Burns in his jiu-jitsu? I mean, world class has won championships, or is Chemaya just that good according to the odds makers in Vegas? Yeah, listen, uh, if you look at what Chemaya has done and the punch stats, I can't remember what the punch stat is. You remember the punch stats? Like, it's like a hundred and something to one or something like that in, in, in his fights that he's had. The one being the only time he's ever gotten hit, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, you know, uh, but let's not forget, Gilbert Burns is the number two ranked guy in the world. Uh, 
power in both hands to, to knock people out in an unbelievable ground game. So this guy's no joke, and anything can happen in this sport. Well, and keep in mind, too, Gilbert Burns is literally inches away from knocking out Kamar Usman. He knocked him down. Unfortunately, couldn't finish that fight. So, yeah, Gilbert Burns is no slouch himself. It's going to be a fantastic fight. Um, so some big news coming out from you guys the past week or so is now there's going to be a fan vote performance bonus. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that came in uh, to be? Uh, we put out something that said there's going to be a fan vote for performance bonus. Yeah. I know nothing about that. So. <laughs> okay, so supposedly... come from me. Okay, well, supposedly what the news is is that there's going to be a fan vote performance bonus, um, and that fighter is going to get, I think, five figures of uh, crypto. So th- th- that was news around uh, the UFC. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, crypto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Got it. <laughs> Um, uh, Dana, so, you know, you, you had a, a fight a couple weeks back there in England, and uh, I think the, 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 the whole city of London showed out for that card. And it really showed you that, hey, if you take this thing back on the road, people are going to receive it very well. Now that we're kind of on the back end of the pandemic and everything, are you going to take the show more on the road across country and all around the U.S. again? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it since the pandemic. I'm going to go to places that, that are easy to, uh, to, to get into, easy to, you know, to run the business. Um, you know, the UK assured us that we would be able to go there and, and put on an event, get people in the country, you know, and do what we needed to do. And, and it was incredible. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to traveling again and, uh, you know, living like we did before 20. <laughs> Dana White with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Dana, uh, obviously the main card is incredible. I want to talk to you about the prelims, though. Ian Gary, I'm a fan of him. believe it's going to be his second UFC fight. Give me some information on this guy. I love him. Why should other people learn to love him? Yeah, so he's out of, uh, fighting out of Dublin, Ireland. Uh, he's 8-0, undefeated. And he's going in against a guy named Darian Weeks, who is uh, is a bad boy, too. This, this, this kid went uh, he went 5-0. Five oh, five, I think he had five straight finishes. And then uh, his one loss is he, he, on short notice. He fought Brian Barbera, uh, uh, Barberina, who was a bad, just had that fight with uh, last week. He just fought um, the, the stud, the legend. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, he's talking about Matt Brown. Matt the, Brown, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the mortal, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Had that war yes, yes, last yes, week. yes. That's that's this kid's only loss. He took that fight with five <laughs> fights on short notice. Yeah. So. So this is not an easy fight for Ian. This is going to be be an absolute war. I, actually, I was just up on stage with those guys five minutes ago, and they're both hyped up, and I was just telling them I'm so pumped for this fight. Well, Dana, you mentioned, I mean, you just got off the stage from the weigh-ins. In terms of the energy, because, you know, that's the great thing about weighing in. I mean, you can feel those fighters' energy. What energy did you feel the most in terms of, okay, this fight's going to be a real barn burner? Yeah, those two were. Those yeah. two definitely were. And obviously, Chamayev and, uh, and Burns, you know, those two started to get too close. We had to pull them apart. Um, everybody's fired up. The Jacksonville fans here were great. Everybody's going crazy. Great energy in the building. Tomorrow night's going to be insane. All right, Dan, we got a few more questions for you. We'll let you go, man. So Tony Khan uh, last year came out and said that you guys actually have shared a few phone conversations. How did that relationship come into place where you were talking to Tony Khan? Or is that even true? Yeah, during the pandemic, uh, when I came out here, I actually uh, had dinner with him and his father on a boat. And, uh, you know, great people, really liked them a lot. He hit me up yesterday and wished me luck for uh, for tomorrow night, and I told him, if you uh, you want tickets, let me know. So, yeah, you know, he's, I really like that family. 
All right, man, it wouldn't be ESPN 690 if we didn't ask you at least one football question. The AFC East, is it the Buffalo Bills now, or do the Patriots still have a chance to win that thing? Come on, man. Come on. Now you're asking stupid questions, all right? First of all, I hate the Buffalo Bills, number one. Number two, yes, of course the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Um, you know what sucks, though? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what sucks. I've been a Buffalo Bill hater my entire life. And I respect their quarterback so much now that it's almost it's almost hard for me to hate them as bad as I used to because of their quarterback because he's an absolute stud, man. Stud. Yeah, he really is good. Uh, Dana White, President UFC. I've got one last one for you, Dana. You've climbed, climbed, climbed with this, this thing, and it's been such a success. I, I don't mean plateau in a negative way, but can you plateau and stay in a comfort zone, or is there another next step to get to uh, with what you're doing? Guys, think about this, right? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm a real simple. If you look at the NFL, there's nothing bigger than the NFL in the United States. Mm-hmm. But not the rest of the world could care less about the NFL. If I asked anybody on this phone right now, without time to Google, tell me right now, without time to Google, who's the greatest cricket player to ever live? <laughs> Come on, spit it out. I couldn't oh, yeah. tell you one. <laughs> you got me stumped, Dana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, nobody cares. But but in other parts of the world, you know, they love it. This thing works everywhere. Fighting works everywhere. It doesn't have to be explained. People get it, right? Right now, we estimate that we have like 650 million fans worldwide. And what is there, 7 billion people in the world? There's no plateau. There is no plateau. There's only growth. And it's almost impossible to wrap your head around how big this thing can really be. Well, we love you coming back to Jacksonville. Good luck tomorrow night. We'll see you in Jacksonville for UFC 273. Dana White, appreciate the time, man. Thanks, boys. All right, that's Dana White, president of the UFC, and always, uh, well, pretty damn good in an interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He always delivers, so, man. Hey, you know, I wanted to jump in and be like, hey, listen. I don't think you need to give Tony Khan tickets. I think he can afford them. Yeah, I mean, does he own the building? Uh, <laughs> have the place on the yacht, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, do what so you got to do. We were talking about this this week, right? You were a little curious, like, where the Tony Khan thing comes into play? Could we eventually see something maybe? Like, I don't know what you were thinking, Austin. I mean, is there some kind of play? with the AEW thing yeah, or yeah. crossover pollination, if you will. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know how you want to word it, but just interesting that there's a relationship there and, and uh, maybe a little nugget that nobody knew that uh, a little dinner on the Kismet was shot in Tony Khan yeah. uh, recently. Yeah, there you go, man. I mean, uh, I knew he did talk to him a little bit, but, yeah, it seems like a pretty uh, good and budding friendship. So who knows what, what they can kind of work out together in the future. By the way, do you know how hard it is for me? And I got to believe it's so hard for you. Like, we really think you're a call away from the UFC. Like a phone call from that guy. Well, and it's like, it's really hard not to be like, can you call that guy? I'm trying to remain professional, but it's really hard not to say, hey, Dana, what do you think? Yeah, well, it's it's um there, there's behind the scenes things going on right now too that you probably don't even know what's happening. But one of the heavyweight fighters is just off the card now. Oh. So now, yeah, so we're trying to see what's going on with that because uh, when Marcin Tybura was supposed to fight uh, Rosenstruck, um, came down with an illness, and now he will not be fighting um, anymore tomorrow at the at the at the pay per view. So, you Can know, you seriously jump right in there and fight that. If it, I mean, my, you know, my manager has expressed that. If it came down to it, I have to fight in, we'll say, 20 hours or so. Yeah, let's go. 
Really? Yeah, I don't care. I'm always ready, man. Wild world. Dana, give us a call back. <laughs> give us a call back and make that happen. Oh, man. Uh, hey, good stuff with Dana White. We appreciate everybody makes that happen for us uh, each and every time. Dana uh, and UFC comes to uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Big night tomorrow night. UFC 273 will all be there. <laughs> One of us might be in the cage. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, Brett, I don't know what happens in terms of if they get him in there, but I'm not going to be professional in the media area. Just so, yeah, we might get kicked out. Uh, that would be so awesome if we find that out over the next hour or so. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. More on the UFC. Uh, more football at 5. Uh, NBA Slam Poetry. And a Tiger Woods update as well. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.